Hey, Dad, just wanted to let you know that good luck on what you're doing. And, um, basically, to all the people's, people out there who are listening to my dad's podcast, please show him some love on Spotify, Google, Google Podcasts, and Apple um, under iTunes. So if you see his podcast, please follow. And, yeah. All right. Love you, Dad. Um, Good luck, and see you soon. Bye. Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commission. Round two of the NBA playoffs is underway as we speak. We can wave goodbye to the Nets as they go fishing. We can wave goodbye to the Raptors for a job well done. Came up short. We appreciate the work that you put in. Here's some partying gifts on the way out the door. We'll say goodbye to the Minnesota Timberwolves for making it look fascinating and exciting. Almost like watching high school basketball all over again. And I'm sure I'm leaving out one other team I can't think of. Oh, yes, the Atlanta Hawks. Hot Atlanta, shout out to you guys out there. I remember what things were like last year to where we are this year, where it's just not the same effect. And, of course, the Jazz came up short. And there's been others that have come up short in this series. Uh, last series, the first round of the playoffs has been tough. I think if you go in with high expectations of what you can do for your organization, your team, there's a possibility you can win. There's a possibility you could succeed. The Pelicans tried hard. And, 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 you know, let's give a shout out to the Pelicans as we wave goodbye to them. I'm not really trying to down the Pelicans for what they've done. I think it's just the fact that the expectations for them being the playoffs didn't exist. Until they won the play-in tournament. This is why the play-in tournament is such a profound, it's such a, an appropriate part of the playoffs now. Because it gives teams like the Pelicans a chance to succeed. It gives teams like the Timberwolves an opportunity to go out there and succeed. Atlanta Hawks. I mean, listen, not this playoff play-in tournament. Without this play-in tournament, this is a different type of playoffs altogether. But there's more excitement involved now when you watch this. Without digressing too much on this, I know I'm good for saying that, uh, but for what we got in the first round of the playoffs, outside of it being what was expected, I think a lot of viewers, a lot of fans, paid more in tune to what was going on game after game after game. And whether we just thought that this was just another game in the playoffs, that wasn't the case. Outside of what we saw from Brooklyn, there were teams out there that were fighting and you know what's off to try to get a win, to try to find a way to advance, even though inevitably it wasn't going to happen. I mean, as much as I love the Timberwolves and what they did and what, what energy they brought into that arena practically every night, we just knew they weren't going to beat John Morant and the, and the Grizzlies. And, you know, I think the same could be said about Utah. I mean, we, we, we know what Utah has on their squad, but you could tell there's something else missing with Utah. It didn't take much for a depleted team like the Mavericks with a, with a hurt Luka Doncic to go out there and win. Nuggets, too. Shout out to the Nuggets. 
from what we saw with uh, Jokic, Nikola Jokic, he should be MVP. And I'm only saying this because for what he achieved over the last few years, no other NBA player has ever done. I believe it was 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 500 assists. Find another player that can put up that type of numbers today outside of Jokic. Obviously, it, it doesn't exist. But, you know, it's just the fact that these teams, in spite of what we know, in spite of the fact that we know these teams won't succeed, they played hard. They played gritty. They played with nothing to lose. And in spite of the fact that they came up short, they came up short for reasons, legitimate reasons. There were no Jamal Murray for the Nuggets. I mean, there were other things going on, other teams that, it, you know, if if Carl Anthony Towns played more of his style of play, perhaps we're talking about a completely different series altogether because th that's a series where the Timberwolves were up two games against the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies come back and win. So there's no excuse there. It's inexcusable for the Timberwolves to be up that many points, 26 points, and still lose to the Memphis Grizzlies. Where was the problem there? I'm going to look at Carl Anthony Towns hard because you're the all-star. You're the man. You are the LeBron James of that Timberwolves team. It's not D'Angelo Russell. It's not Anthony Edwards yet. It's still Carl Anthony Towns. Step up your game, brother. It's time for you to put up a shut up. Because if you don't win this series, who knows what the Timberwolves look next year. Now, I'm sure they'll improve. But I got to believe the Pelicans improve when you bring back Zion Williamson. This dude was dunking all, in, all over the place and still didn't play. So you bring back Zion, see what happens with the Pelicans. They could be a force to be reckoned with. They've had a taste of the playoffs. A lot of these young teams that you see playing now had a taste of the playoffs. And that, that's what made them good. That's what made them extraordinary. Because in spite of the fact that they didn't win the series, they put up some good games against some of these guys. Guys that we just knew were supposed to go out there and win. Now the Hawks, you know, that, that may be a different show. The Nets, you know, <laughs> that may be a different show too. But, you know, it's just a fact the second round now, we're kind of weeding out all of those teams that have had issues and disappointments going into the first round that now don't exist. And so now we're looking at Milwaukee versus Boston. We're looking at Golden State versus Memphis. We're looking at the Mavericks versus the Suns. And we're looking at Philly against... Who's Philly playing? Who the heck is Philly playing? Oh, yes! The Miami Heat, the number one team in the East. Listen, this is going to be must-see TV. If it isn't already, it is going to be must-see TV. And it started Sunday with two games, and I'm pretty sure this is how it's going to be moving forward. You may get lucky enough to get a, a day where you may get three games, perhaps, but I think they'll probably do the two-game thing moving forward. Prime time. There's no better time to watch basketball, but prime time. And if, if you've been a fan of football and you just saw the draft, all that was what? Prime time. For what they did on Thursday and what they did on Friday, I'm not going to digress on the NFL because this is an NBA moment. I'm just going to just stick to the NBA. And by the time you guys listen to this episode, we've already had two games play between Boston and Milwaukee. 
and Golden State and Memphis. And what I'm going to do is try to make arguments for both games. Uh, the, the, the first argument I'll start with with Golden State Memphis, that was a game where either team should have won or could have won. But Golden State was victorious. Golden State was victorious in large part because they had better players to play defense. Plain and simple. You look at the numbers that these guys put up. You look, look what Curry did. Shout out to Curry putting up 24, 3, and 4. And Wiggins, we don't give Wiggins a lot of credit. Wiggins an all-star this year for the first time. This guy went out there and contributed 17 points. That's not a lot for Wiggins. But given what Memphis does when they play on defense, it's no easy ride. What I mean is you can't take Memphis lightly. You can't take this Grizzlies team lightly. This is a team that's thirsty for a run for the finals as well. And they have a young squad with a great coach that can manage this team to win. So it's not so much leadership as it is a young team hungry enough for the desire to get closer to what could be a championship. And you have a coach that can get to the mind. I'm sorry, I don't know the name of the coach. Forgive me, coach from the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm looking at his face. I can't remember the guy's name. Guys, bear with me. But it's still the point that it's him that controls the Grizzlies outside of what John Morant does and other guys. They're all young. There's no old dude on the squad. And if you want to call Kyle Anderson an old dude, shame on you. That, that guy may be just as old as John Morant. Maybe a year or two older. <laughs> this is a young Memphis team with nothing to lose, playing with nothing to lose. Golden State said, whoa, we're not taking on some, some schmuck team anymore. This is a team that has a desire to win, a desire to move forward. And I'm sure the Warriors' mindset is not to take anything uh, loosely, it's not to take anything for granted, but you can't help if you're the Warriors when you look at this Memphis team and say they don't have a LeBron James on their squad, they ain't got no Kevin Durant on their squad, they ain't got no Giannis on this squad. This should be cake. Is it cake? Is it cake when the team is practically a mirror image of this new and revised? Golden State Warrior team. Yeah, I know the nucleus is still the same. Steph's still there. Clay is still there. Shout out to Clay. He's playing his head off. He's playing his, you know what, off. This man looks good. He looks great. He looks like a man that just spent the last two seasons rehabbing. He looks good. Now, maybe he didn't look that great this game, but I'm telling you right now, his 15 points is the reason why this team won. His three-point shooting is the reason why the Warriors won in spite of Draymond Green's antics. The minute. Give me 30 seconds with Draymond Green. What the hell's going on, man? What's going on, Draymond? This is not your first rodeo. <laughs> what are you doing out there? Listen, I understand. This apartment gets it. I saw Dennis Robin play. And I saw how Dennis Rodman got into the minds of, his, of the people he played against, which is why he was such an effective player. It's the reason why the Pistons loved him. It's the reason why the Bulls loved him. It's the reason why the Spurs loved him. Because we knew what we can get out of Dennis Rodman. I'm not going to try to compare Dennis Rodman with Draymond Green. 
but the mindset is about the same. It's what I can do to get into your head to throw off your game so that we have the advantage to win. And maybe it worked. Maybe he had to sacrifice himself by getting a flagrant two, be placed out of that auditorium, gymnasium, arena, whatever you want to call it, and miss a game because you know he's suspended for game two. But maybe I would rather have him suspended for game two as opposed to game six or game seven. But see, it's up to Draymond Green to understand I can't keep doing this. I can't keep putting my team in jeopardy knowing that they need me out there to play defense. And this is what I've been saying before, and this is what I said earlier. Warriors won because of defense. Give whatever it is you want to say about John Morant and his 34 points. He did a great job. Yeah, 10 assists. He was a, a rebound away from triple-double. Great. We're good at triple-doubles if you don't win the game. We're good at triple-doubles if you don't win the series. Because by my expectations, you still come up short. And for the Memphis Grizzlies, that game won against the Warriors. They just came up short. I will see them improve game two. Because without Draymond Green, won't say it's a blowout, but I will see Memphis go out there and play hard. Now, everybody says the same thing. They got to go out there and win game two. You think? Well, why would they not win game two knowing they're playing at home, knowing that they got to go back to Golden State against a team that has Jordan Poole playing his tail off? And Clay Thompson, as I just mentioned, playing his tail off. They got guys out there that can play. They got guys out there that can play, put up numbers and play defense. Andrew Wiggins can go out there, put up numbers, play defense. Kaminga, he's another guy that doesn't get a lot of recognition. He goes out there, plays hard, plays defense. This Warriors team is loaded. Somebody told me, shout out to my little baby brother, told me that the Warriors are going to go to the finals and could win the championship. Well, you know what? He could be right. That, that, that team could very well be on their way to win the championship. But without digressing on that right now, I'm going to transition to the Milwaukee game against my beloved Boston Celtics. My beloved Boston Celtics. Listen, I did not say they would sweep the Bucks. As a matter of fact, I knew that when they were going to get the next round to play the Bucks, I knew this would probably be their biggest challenge in this playoff run. If they get past the Bucks, they are going to the finals. Let it be said, let it be mentioned right now. Given what Boston does against the Bucks, given that the Celtics win that series, the Boston Celtics with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year, Al Horford, uh, Grant Williams, Robert Williams III, Daniel Tice, Creighton Richard, with these guys, Derek White, and I just named to you, with these guys, playing the way that they've been playing, even in that Brooklyn series, they play like that anywhere close, remotely close, to that against the Bucks. they will be in the NBA Finals this season. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the Celtics to being in the NBA Finals. Because a lot of people wrote them off early. People did not give Coach Imeodoku a chance his first year in. If he wins the finals, let's just say he goes to the finals. Not even if, win, if they go to the finals. What are we saying about Coach Imeodoku now? What are we talking about 
now. What is what? What can anybody say about the Celtics at this point? We see what Brad Stevens has done, and he's probably done more for the Celtics team than we know. Perhaps we're giving Adoka a lot of credit for what's going on this year, but Brad Stevens put all that in play. He put the wheels in motion. He realized what guys, what production he was getting out of these guys, which is why they brought back Daniel Tice, which is why they brought back Al Horford. They were needed in that front court. Well, what other guys did they have? And even with Robert Williams and Grant Williams, they play well, but they're young. They're still young. Milwaukee wins that game 101-89. I'm not really, I'm not impressed necessarily with the win. I'm more impressed with what Giannis Antetokounmpo Greek Freak did. That dude was electric. <laughs> of course, he's always electric. I don't think he's had a game where he wasn't. Outside of him playing on the court, he, if he wasn't electric, it's because he wasn't playing. 24 points, 13 boards, 12 assists. That's a Giannis game. He didn't put up 30. He wasn't that flamboyant to me outside of some moves he made, but he was strong. <laughs> he played like a grown blank man against these, these, these younger men. And Giannis is not old. I don't think Giannis is 28 years old yet. This is just a physical Giannis understanding that his main man, Middleton, is not playing. And I got to do what I can to make up for the other guys that might not be playing their game. You know, Drew Holiday had a great game himself with 25 points. And I, I don't, listen, and, and there are other teams, I'm sorry, there are other players on the team that had a pretty good game. Even Portis had a good game. But it's still the fact that Giannis understands that the Boston Celtics is nothing to sneeze at. The Boston Celtics are going to impose their will on them if he doesn't do it to them first. It's about, I got to take advantage of this now first. I got to take control of this series now first. I got to win this game now because there's no telling that when we go back to Milwaukee, what the situation may be if Boston's not up 2-0. And Milwaukee knows, and Antetokounmpo knows, he does not want to go back to Milwaukee being down 0-2. Flip side of that, conversely, for the Boston Celtics, where are you? Do you hear me? If you're listening to this podcast right now, Boston, where are you? Tatum gave me 21-6-6. That's great. Where are you? Jalen Brown gave me 12-9-4. That's not good enough. Where are you? Horford gives you 12. Smart gives you 10. That's great and all, but where are you? We saw what you did against Brooklyn. We saw what you did with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. I saw a game which Marcus Smart gave me 20 points against Kyrie Irving, who's supposed to be one of the better point guards in the league. 10 this evening against Milwaukee. Where are you? I need more from these guys if they're going to be successful against the Bucks. Plain and simple. No getting around it. The bench will show up at some point because I'm expecting that from the bench. Grant Williams should have a better series. Robert Williams, barring that he's healthy, should have a better series. Put Preyton Pritchard out there. This man shoot up 10, 12 points. Let him hit a few threes. See what that defense Milwaukee does at that point. You're going to put Drew Holiday on him, fine. 
Then you can rotate this ball around Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum or even Marcus Smart, Al Horford that can shoot the ball from outside. That's what's going to take for Boston to win this series, not just the next game. Because they don't want to lose game two going back to Milwaukee. What you don't want to do, Boston, is lose game two at home and then go back to Milwaukee 0-2. Same scenario. You go to Milwaukee, it's going to be a dog fight. What are you going to do then when you go up against Antetokounmpo in his home court? That remains to be the biggest question. So says the commish. Uh, I want to talk briefly about the other two games that are going to be happening between Philly and Miami and Dallas and Phoenix. I'm not going to give predictions per se. Like, I'm not going to tell you who's going to win game one. I don't, I don't know how much validity that really holds in a seven-game series. You would think the home team would win, but there's no guarantee to that. Just ask Golden State and just ask Milwaukee. They both played on the road and won. So I can't sit here and say that Phoenix is going to win. I'm not going to sit and say that uh, Miami's going to win. Although, I know Joel and B won't be playing for a few games. And I heard the narrative about if playing Joel and B that game was something that could have been avoided. I don't know who comes up with these questions. It's hilarious. It's laughable that we're talking about the fact that Joel Embiid didn't have to play game six. Are you crazy? In Toronto? So you mean to tell me Joel Embiid was only going to play 20 minutes as opposed to maybe 35 minutes when he played or whatever it was he played? He had no choice. It would have been different if they swept the Raptors. Then he wouldn't have had a broken face. Who knows if he even messed up his thumb. If they had swept these guys, what they should have done, this is a whole different narrative altogether. But no, we got to let Toronto feel like they have life. Let them win two straight. And now Doc Rivers looks like a fool, even though he's not. Still one of the better coaches in the NBA. It's just the fact that you're dealing with a Sixers team where maybe the pride has more say or more to do other than perfection. And no, you don't play to perfection, but if you play your game of basketball, then the Sixers could actually play to perfection. Harden would have to stand up or or Harden have to step up and do a little bit more for that team. There's others, but we're not going to knock Joel Embiid for what he's done thus far. He's He's the only team that's keeping this team alive. You ask me, so he gets smacked in the face, gets concussed, fractured orbital bone. This is horrible. So now you've really put yourself in the position where Joel Embiid is going to suffer the remaining of this playoff run, regardless if they get past Miami or not. Because we know if they just happen to get past Miami, they're not getting past Boston. I can promise you that. Because I'm ready in my mind thinking that Boston's going to the finals. So that means it's irrelevant as to what Miami or Philly does. It's just the fact that because you have a very hurt Joel Embiid, it decreases your chances of winning that series. We know what Miami's capable of doing. And they're a pretty fast team out there. With Larry being hurt and Butler being hurt, won't call the wash. Other guys have to step up for them as well. That first game will be interesting. The 
same thing with Phoenix. We understand the situation with Devin Booker and his issue with his hammy. Hope he heals up soon. But I'm curious to know how long, how long can Chris Paul keep this team going against a team like the Mavericks that is probably thirsty for that same playoff series win? You know, the Jazz might not have been too much of a problem, but they realize they're playing them against the big boys now, Phoenix. And we all saw what Phoenix did this past season. They won 64 games this past season. 64. If you're a team that wins 64 games, you're supposed to be in the finals. There's a reason why I predicted them to be in the finals. Of course, Devin Booker not being there. Now things are, oh, I don't know. Apropos, we don't know offhand if this uh, Suns team without Devin Booker can be the successful team moving forward to give these guys a chance to win. But we're all optimistic. It's still Chris Paul. It's still whoever else wants to step up. DeAndre Ayton, whomever wants to step up at that point in time to give you points, to give you assists, to give you some blocks, play some defense. I'm looking at JaVale McGee. Looking looking at you hard, partner. We're going to need some, some points and rebounds out of you. Because someone's got to bring up the rear while we're still waiting for Devin Booker to come back. Like I said, I'm not making no predictions. But if you're the Suns right now, and you're the uh, Miami Heat right now, game one should be a shooting. All things considered. So says the commission. You've been listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. As I just said, I am the commission. This is a special NBA episode. Uh, the Neil Bible. It, 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 listen, I love what's going on right now with the playoffs. Love it. So much so I'm tongue-tied. But I want to see more aggression. I want to see I kind of want to see more out of Boston. I kind of want to see more out of Golden State. Because Golden State just won that game 117 to 16. I, I I didn't really see anything outstanding about Golden State outside of how things played out for Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins. But those are going to be your key guys down the stretch. And Jordan Poole is going to help you win that series. Let's just call for what it is. Memphis could still take you seven. And if they go back seven to Memphis, that's going to be a true dog fight. Let's see how things play out. With all that being said, I want to thank everybody again for listening to this show. It means that much to me. And I don't say that just to be saying that. There's no fluff here. I am true to the heart. Those that know the commission know that it means that much to me to have people listen to my show. It means I'm doing something right. I'm saying something that's good for the audience. So I want to try to continue that. With all that being said, I hope everybody enjoys the playoffs this week. I probably won't say much else till something else happens. Something dramatic. Something theatrical will have to happen for me to get on this mic again and talk about the playoffs. Until then, I'll probably wait until the weekend that is to say more but with all that being said hope everybody has a great week try to stay dry it's gonna be a wet one take it easy out there with all that being said i want to finish this by saying peace and love to all those out there stay safe get vaccinated and i'm out